Welcome to Innovations of Health, a podcast that gives you the latest in healthcare trends and news. We'll be sharing advances in digital technology and breakthroughs in healthcare that eases people's way and provides a better healthcare future for all. Good afternoon and welcome to our broadcast. I am Sara Vaezi, Chief of Digital and Growth Strategy at Providence, and I sit within the Digital Innovation Group at Providence. As a reminder, the information provided during this event is for information purposes only. For any medical questions, please reach out to your primary care or healthcare professional. Now let's begin. I'm really excited about today's session. Um, I'm joined by Aaron Martin, who's the EVP and Chief Digital Officer at Providence. Um, and he's also G Managing General Partner at Providence Ventures. So he has a really interesting vantage point um, within the organization. I mean, he'll of course share a little bit about his background with us too, which is uh, unique and will definitely tie into today's conversation. Um, today, we're here to talk about big tech and healthcare. And there's been a lot of really exciting um, news and frankly, a bit of um, manic hype, um, if you will, uh, around big tech and healthcare lately. So, so we're going to get into what does it mean for us as health systems? What do you, you know, what, what are we really thinking we're going to do about it? So uh, I know Aaron has a lot to share on this topic. So um, I'm going to uh, start off by just asking Aaron, um, can you share a little bit about your background and your role with Providence um, to set some context for folks? Yeah, sure. Um, thanks, Sarah. Uh, so, you know, a little bit about my role. So there's three parts to what my team, what, what our teams do uh, in, in the digital innovation group at Providence. First is we're the marketing organization. So we are responsible for brand in and outbound marketing. We're also responsible for digital. So anything that the consumer or the patient sees uh, from a digital standpoint, so how they interact with us through apps and content and uh, those types of services. And then the third part is, as you'd mentioned, uh, Providence Ventures. And so uh, the Providence Ventures team uh, makes minority investments in um, early stage, you know, tech-enabled startups, um, tech startups, uh, tech-enabled services companies, medical device companies, um, things like that. So we've got, uh, it's a $300 million fund, have uh, 26 portfolio companies in it right now. And then we, uh, and then Sara, as you you know, because you, 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 you uh, run this is, is we have a digital strategy team, which you lead that also kind of directs a, a lot of our incubation operations with our product and engineering team. And so we've incubated and spun out uh, three companies that we uh, 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 founded as, at Providence and spun out uh, where we saw kind of white space opportunities in the market uh, where we couldn't find an adequate solution out in the market. Uh, so that's a little bit about what my team does. Uh, my background uh, prior to Providence, I've been at Providence almost eight years now. Uh, prior to Providence, I uh, worked at Amazon for almost 10 years. And then prior to that, I founded two um, companies, one in banking and financial services software and the other in manufacturing software. And then prior to that, I was in healthcare. So I've been kind of in and out of uh, healthcare, I guess, over the over my career. Awesome. Well, um, I know that experience and, of course, your kind of position within the organization um, uh, gives you a lot of uh, sort of interesting context and um, background for um, the topic for today. Um, there's been a lot of news lately around big tech companies exiting healthcare, started 
um, perhaps started with um, Haven exiting uh, or, you know, getting dismantled, Google Health, we've heard some news about Apple. Um, I'd love for you to share your views on whether you think they're really exiting um, and, uh, you know, kind of what do you what do you make of all of these announcements and what's happening kind of beyond, behind the scenes beyond just the hype of what we're hearing um, in the news? Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine. Well, first of all, this is like the second wave um, that I can remember of, you know, big tech getting into healthcare. You know, folks need to remember that Google and Microsoft, you know, made some early forays into it, especially in the personal health record space. And, um, and you know, I think, you know, the folks at Microsoft would say we've never been out of it. Uh, and, you know, I think the more kind of recent entrants are the folks like Amazon and Apple. Um, and all that said, I can't imagine a scenario where they would ignore or not participate in what's, you know, uh, a full fifth of the economy right now. Um, and and uh, probably even more importantly, a fifth of the economy that needs, you know, drastic improvements in terms of, you know, our productivity, um, you know, our the digital enablement, you know, and scaling um, as we're now seeing right now. You know, I mean, one of the, the one of the side effects of COVID is is it's moved up the the crisis that we were anticipating uh, with respect to um, you know labor shortages in healthcare. It's moved it up about five years. So this has always been a demographic issue that everybody's been very very aware of, but because of the you know the great resignation after which it especially hit hard in healthcare because there's so many healthcare workers burned out from COVID. You know, a lot of people have retired, left the industry, um, and we're just not hiring enough folks. And so I think, you know, what that calls for is is, is massive improvements in the way that we deliver care, um, you know, through technology uh, so that we improve the productivity of, of how we deliver care and, and also improve the quality, hopefully. So I can't imagine them backing out of the industry. I think what they're doing is, is they're kind of reconfiguring how uh, and where they play within uh, within within healthcare specifically. So essentially, this is sort of a retrenching, pivoting, whatever you want to call it, but figuring out um, what's next, as opposed to um, you know throwing up our hands and saying we're done. Um, is right. what I'm hearing you say. Um, and uh, these companies are, of course, known for learning and pivoting and have done so um, in other uh, industries and uh, sort of segments. I think you wrote a blog recently and you referenced, for instance, the Fire Phone um, or the auctions platform at Amazon and how it pivoted into um, fulfillment by Amazon. So um, uh, fulfilled by Amazon. So definitely like they they know how to do this. It's not mm -hmm. it's not that they get discouraged by by failures. Um, uh, you know, as big tech, um, but we could also think about like retail um, and some of these more upstart kind of digital health companies are all looking to disrupt healthcare. Um, that'll bring with it some challenges. What do you think some of the biggest challenge or challenges are going to be? Yeah, I, I think I think some of the biggest challenges are, 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 you know, frankly, from a health system perspective, are not is, is, is possibly, you know, taking the wrong signal to noise here about, okay, well, you know, big tech is, is quote unquote exiting healthcare and therefore we can kind of stand down and kind of focus on, 
you know, the more pertinent issues and kind of ignore the digital opportunity, ignore, you know, the impact that technology uh, needs to make on our industry to, to make it more productive and more effective and, uh, and safer. Um, I think that would be a huge and tragic mistake um, because, you know, first of all, if you do the math on healthcare, it just doesn't pencil over the next 10 years. We have too many patients coming in with too many complex diseases, not enough people to kind of care for them as an industry. And that's just, that's just true. That's, that's gravity. And so if we don't, even without, you know, kind of, you know, big tech disruption as a potential threat or, you know, even small tech disruption as a potential threat, we still face an existential crisis in terms of, you know, how do we, deliver care at the same, you know, by improving quality. And, and don't forget, you know, we, we've got huge gains in quality that we need to make as well as, a, as an industry um, compared to, you know, our peers in other, in other countries. But I think, um, I think it'd be a mistake even without, you know, the potential disruptors coming in and, 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 and disrupting some of these markets. I do think um, there are going to be very effective organizations and we're starting to see them that we're going to disrupt, you know, every segment of healthcare. So everything from kind of the PBMs to healthcare providers like ourselves to, you know, insurers, et cetera. Some of these will be enabled by big tech, so they'll power it. Some of these will be big tech themselves. And then, you know, some of these will be, you know, startups and, and medium-sized technology companies. I would say, you know, my, um, my bias is, is that big tech should be uh, a technology provider to the industry incumbents, as well as you know, uh, tech startups. I think it's really, really hard for complex organizations like you know, big tech companies to effectively go in and, and disrupt at scale um, the complexity of healthcare. You know, perhaps it, they can be you know, successful on the margins, you know, so for instance, in the area of like, you know, the hems and hers of the world, um, you know, the, um, uh, you know, the 30 Madison, these types of DTC, you know, treating very specific conditions in a limited format through telehealth, those will be successful. And if I was, you know, a CEO of one of those companies, I'd be looking over my shoulder and, you know, folks like Amazon and, 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 and the like, because that is a part of the industry they really understand, which is, you know, customer acquisition, the the conversion funnel, and how to how to kind of you know do relatively simple services, straightforward services at scale, right? Um, once you get into more kind of complex services like primary care and those types of things, I think you know the most effective uh, businesses that will disrupt or change those those uh, those segments of what we do will probably be you know kind of the independent tech enabled services companies the startups, those types of folks, because they have much simpler organizations that are kind of purpose, purpose built to go do disruption. And they also, frankly, have hired people out of industry who really understand the industry. Yeah. And they're also, you know, they're sort of laser focused on a specific profitable area as opposed to yeah. being really spread thin across the full continuum. So it just dramatically reduces the complexity while also making the economics a lot more favorable. So sounds yes. like a good strategy. Um, so, uh, you know, you've talked about like fundament, we have very fundamental challenges around like the supply demand dynamics. Um, and that uh, given the size of the, of the industry, it's unlikely 
um, that big tech or retailers um, will, or other digital health companies will, um, will slow down. Um, and so if you, if you could, um, and I know trying to predict the future is just a recipe for um, being wrong, but if you, if you could just put on your sort of fortune teller hat for a moment, and to the extent that you're comfortable with it, where do you think some of the big players might land in terms of healthcare? Um, uh, and let's start with big tech. So, you know, whatever you're, whatever you're kind of comfortable with thinking about, you already referenced that you really think technology providers should kind of partner with incumbents um, from an enablement standpoint, but like, where do you think like the Amazon, Microsoft, Google, Apple contingent will end, end up? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting because they all have their strengths and they all have, you know, you know, areas where it's going to be, you know, more or less difficult for them to kind of enter into healthcare and have an impact. Um, I think, you know, by far the, the organization I've been very kind of impressed with that um, that is you know that, that I think has made some really really brilliant moves is, is Microsoft. Um, you know I, I think um, you know them buying uh, Nuance um, was a stroke of genius because in one kind of acquisition, even though it was you know expensive, uh, they got an entire team that is deep into two areas that I think are going to have a huge impact in healthcare. One is AI. And two is, you know, AI as it does, as it applies to you know, very complex services-based workflows that that is effectively the bread and butter of healthcare. You know, we are um, a collection of people think of on the provider side as you know it, it being kind of providers. We're a collection of very very complex services businesses, and so you know, Nuance is integrated you know d deep into the EMR. And they've got folks that have, you know, forgotten more than I'll ever know about, you know, this workflows and, and, and then also how you can kind of automate it. So, you know, super well positioned to kind of leverage, you know, Microsoft's expertise in AI and their, and their, and their kind of market position in terms of, you know, they have a pretty dominant position in, in terms of being a vendor to most, you know, health systems. Um, so I think, I think, you know, it's, that is theirs to lose. Um, I think Amazon is going to focus again on their strengths of what parts of healthcare could really, really scale. And, you know, I can't imagine them getting into really particularly complex care delivery. You know, um, I think Amazon care will probably, you know, compete in the, you know, with the teledocs of the world. Uh, and then once you kind of add into, you know, what they've done with respect to PillPack, then you've got a very interesting, you know, kind of hems like you know, product offering where you're taking kind of, you know, very light touch uh, telehealth, you know, you know, uh, care, if you can kind of call it that, uh, with, uh, you know, with the delivery of pharmaceuticals. So I think, you know, and, and I think those businesses are, um, are, you know, are kind of extensions of the pharmaceutical industry at some level. They're, they're just very, very kind of sophisticated ways of, you know, kind of building a channel for pharmaceuticals that has, has you know, care, you know, very, very kind of simple care, uh, uh, you know, solutions kind of attached to them, you know, so somebody comes in and needs something for hair loss and, you know, they, they need to, to see a physician, they do it through telehealth, they get a prescription. And that's, you know, as, as complex as it gets, it's not, you know, in the weeds primary care where you're dealing with, you know, somebody who's is particularly um, may have you know several chronic diseases and is very complex patients. So I can't imagine them getting into that. Um, 
I think Walmart is going to, uh, if again, they have the advantage of, of having a huge pharmacy business. Like I think it's the third largest just in terms of, you know, number of pharmacies. And, you know, they've got the square footage um, and I, you know, they've hired very smart people out of healthcare uh, to kind of go and lead, lead these things. And so, you know, the thing I always talk about is even if they just serve their own employee base effectively, that's a huge economic return just to Walmart. Uh, they can lower the cost of care. The other thing I like about Walmart is, is they're just relentless focus on, you know, on, on delivering value to, to the consumer. Um, I think if they, you apply that kind of same approach to, uh, you know, uh, primary care and, and kind of uh, and, and the pharmacy side of things, um, it, could, it, it could really benefit patients over time. So I think that's probably I think they'll be very successful in some way in healthcare. Um, Apple is kind of a, a, a one that I'm very kind of confused about, mainly because they're just super secretive, obviously. But also um, it's 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 it's. it's I think they've got a really, really great opportunity with the watch, um, the earbuds, you know, basically, you know, that, you know, the phone to becoming kind of the remote way that you can kind of access care in a much more um, holistic manner, um, you know, through by taking, you know, uh, vital signs, et cetera, et cetera. The one challenge they've got is, is, is it's a walled garden. Uh, it's, you know, not cr cross platform. And so, and, you know, their devices are expensive. And so, you know, getting that to scale is is a little bit more challenging. So I think, you know, that would be kind of my, uh, you know, trip around the world, if you will, of, of, the, of the big tech folks. And, you know, none of this is probably, you know, particularly stunning insights. This is all stuff based on things that they've, they've, they've announced publicly and kind of the interpolation of it. So I think they will be successful. Um, but my hope is, and, and Rod Hockman wrote a, a piece today about this and is published in Modern Healthcare. Um, you know, kind of, you know, talking about how the biggest challenge that I think that, that, that he sees, and I agree with him, uh, for big tech is just engaging really closely with providers and, you know, health systems like ourselves or, you know, uh, you know, folks that deliver care and really understanding what the problems are. And, and I think that's been a unique kind of position for the digital innovation group is, you know, I, what I always tell people is like, we're side by side with our clinicians and our operators kind of at the coal face of the problem. And I think, you know, it's always good from a product standpoint to get close to the problem, really be able to kind of, you know, engage closely with, you know, patients and the providers, but in healthcare, it's just, you can't be successful otherwise. I mean, it's just, it's just, you have to, you have to have a pretty intimate conversation um, um, that's ongoing and iterative with, uh, with physicians, um, people delivering care as well as our, our patients. Yeah. And another thing that was really interesting, I thought about Rod's piece in modern healthcare was just the importance of certain things like making documentation easier for providers, like really focusing on very direct sources of value for them. Um, and to your point about Microsoft and Nuance, Nuance, that's one of the key problems that they're working on is around like the actual documentation, the ease of use within the context of the um, of the EMR. And so um, so that's a that's a really interesting point. Um, 
and uh, you know you you specific you mostly focused on the delivery side of things mm -hmm. um but of course the healthcare industry has the sort of financing side of things as well and the payer side of things do you have any thoughts on um on that that side of the house and um whether you know there will be some convergence on that space i mean there's some already occurring but what do you what do you think on that side yeah i think um i think there's going to be convergence of several different industries, you know, and from a partnership standpoint, but I can imagine, you know, a convergence between, you know, healthcare and nutrition. So, you know, think, think groceries that think, um, um, you know, how, how do people get access to food, right? So dealing with, for instance, food deserts, which cause a lot of problems in the Medicaid population, right? Uh, you know, health and nutrition. Um, I think there's going to be a big convergence with, you know, financial services. I mean, one of the things I've always kind of thought about is, you know, it's kind of crazy that we have these different products, you know, once you kind of hit, you know, your sixties and, you know, going on even further, you go, you get, you're getting into Medicare, you're getting into, you know, where financial, the financial planning you've been doing is, is you know, has to pay off. Um, you get into life insurance starts to matter those types of things. And if you think about it, they're all kind of circling the exact same risk pool, you know, kind of that hits you in later in life around your health, uh, those types of things. And, and as you know, Sarah, we talk about this all the time. Um, you know, they, the healthcare industry writ large is the number one way people become bankrupt in the United States. And so, um, and it's because the way that healthcare is financed is not particularly well done. And, so I think there's there's something around you know the the combination of these kind of risk pools from a you know financial planning, insurance, um, life insurance, and and healthcare that that's going to start to we're going to start to see convergence around that, and then there are other industries as well that you know that will start to kind of overlap. Retail we're already seeing that you know that has to do with access and convenience. All right, so you know and we've we've worked you know closely with with uh, Walgreens on our access uh, plans and have cited, you know, Providence Express Care Clinics within Walgreens, just to make it more convenient for the patient. And then the retailers are starting to kind of spread spread out in terms of, you know, more elaborate healthcare uh, offerings within their footprint because, you know, uh, because, because Amazon is rolling in and, and pulling everything online that can be sold online um, you know, one of the last kind of bastions is, is, you know, some of the care delivery has to be done in person. How do you do that? And then finally, I think, you know, uh, transportation, uh, you know, something I've thought about is, is, you know, what would it take if you just took a white sheet of paper to remake the healthcare, uh, system? Well, a lot of it would be, you know, care coming to the home and how do you officially efficiently deliver that? How do you eliminate kind of the, the the tax of the windshield time, you know, of getting a care provider to 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 a home? Some situations totally make sense economically. Some are more challenging in terms of like you know low acuity care, um, you know, hospital at home, those types of opportunities. So I think you're going to see a lot of convergence from these different industries. Whereas you know before, um, you know, I, I always have joked that healthcare is its own country. If we were measured as a you know. We're measured in terms of our GDP in the United, United, the United States healthcare industry. We would be, you know, fifth right behind Germany in terms of the size of, you know, of, of our industry. Um, you know, and we also speak a different language and we have different customs and norms and those types of things. And my hope is uh, 
to torture the analogy, we start opening the borders a bit, right? Because we need help from other industries. So that's an interesting lead into my second to last question, which is like, um, uh, how might things kind of change? You've talked about opening up the borders, you know, and how might, what's the influence sort of, of like, um, you know, record, for instance, digital health funding, um, and like that we've never seen the likes of before. I mean, and maybe it's not surprising, but the magnitude of it is certainly intriguing. Mm-hmm. Um, or all of the M and A activity that's happening in the mar- in the capital markets. Like, how do you how do you see those influencing or changing some of the trends that that we've talked about today? Yeah, I think it's going to remake um, healthcare in a whole bunch of different ways. And this is something that I remember from. You know, I've been around a long time and I've been through kind of three of these, you know, these huge kind of, um, you know, uh, you know, explosions in healthcare. You know, the, there was the Internet 1.0, Internet 2.0, and now we're, in, you know, in, in the healthcare version of, I would say, Internet 1.0. So we're, we're still in the first kind of models of care, which are, you know, pretty primitive, pretty straightforward. Um, you know, debatable, you know, if some of, some of those models are long-term sustainable, just given the economics and pricing, et cetera, et cetera. This feels very similar to kind of internet 1.0, right? And one of the things that I think occurred in, you know, back in the late nineties was, and again, I, I'm an alum, alumnus from, from Amazon, but before I joined in 2005, um, you know, funding just kind of dried up. Uh, when the bubble burst and uh, and a lot of the incumbents uh, felt very good about that. You know, they were, they felt, uh, they felt, they felt a sense of hubris, right? Uh, like, well, you know, we're safe because these, you know, this internet thing is going to be a much slower, you know, process than we ever imagined, et cetera, et cetera. What tends to happen in these kind of retracements is the capital gets refactored behind the winners. And then they become even more strong, right? And so you look at some of the incredible companies that kind of came out of that that implosion, uh, Amazon, Google, and then you see, you know, these kind of second generation companies that took the basic premise of the internet and turned it into kind of Web 2.0. So you look at you know social media, and you look at um, you know, so you look at Facebook and folks like that, and then you look at the new you know kind of kinetic models that that came out of it, like Uber and Lyft and Airbnb were, you know, the sharing economy. So, you know, I think we're kind of still in 1.0 and there will be a retracement. There always is, you know, where things get a little too frothy. My hope is it's not too disruptive, but I would just warn, you know, my brethren and sisterin, if you will, if that's a, if that's a word, my brothers and sisters and, and you know, and, and our, you know, our, our incumbent industry is, is to take no solace in that. Um, and to, you know, kind of pioneer ahead because, um, it, the, you know, the, if there's a disruptive model out there, it will happen. It's like gravity. And, um, and the capital will, will start to, you know, shore up behind things that seem to be working. Uh, the, the, the capital markets are very efficient that way. Yep. And I know we're almost out of time. So the last question I wanted to ask you, but you already sort of answered it was what should health systems do? Um, what I'm hearing you say is don't get too comfortable, lean in, um, look for opportunities to partner. 
Um, anything else, any other kind of recommendations or advice that you would have for health systems, um, given that we're maybe um, ramping down on 1.0 and going to 2.0? What, what's your advice? Yeah, I mean, the thing I would say is, is be thinking about making, despite all the, the problems that you've got in ter terms of workforce, um, you know, issues in terms of, you know, uh, lack of availability, those types of things, that is the signal to double down on technology more generally. Um, because the problem that this is pointing out is a productivity problem. And the only way to solve these productivity problems are typically, um, you know, through technology, technological innovation. And the second thing I would say is, is, you know, we've kind of built, you know, the, the basic foundations, I would say, at Providence around digital. So we've standardized, you know, you know, the consumer facing front end. So, we, you know, we now have the Providence app. We have the websites on a single website. We have this unified brand. So we've done, you know, we just launched SSO. Um, so we've, we've standardized a lot of that. And then we've also kind of digitized endpoints, right? So that people can, you know, effectively uh, transact with us online. Uh, and I would say, you know, and, and the progress bar is, is, is getting pretty far uh, along that. And then the last piece is, you know, once you have a standard, you know, platform, you can transact across, you know, any of the services you provide digitally, then you've got to basically keep the patient loyal to you. Um, and that has to do with personalization and convenience. So making sure that, you know, the, 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 the care that you're delivering is tailored directly to them, right? And the, again, the most efficient way of doing that is, is through various different digital means. And then finally, you know, I would say is once you've got those three big elements, the standard, you know, large platforms, you've got digitized endpoints and you have the ability to kind of engage patients through personalization and keep them, you know, engaged on your platform between episodes of care. Then the last part of it is, is you can create new business models that you've never thought of before. And that's what really happened between internet 1.0 and internet 2.0. The business models in Internet 1.0 were pretty much duplications online of things that were going on offline. 2.0 reimagined it. It reimagined the way that, you know, people could connect online through social networks. Didn't really exist offline, but it could exist online. Um, the sharing economy really wasn't, you know, practical offline at scale is practical online. So I would just encourage, like, we're putting in the infrastructure, make sure you're making those investments, you're making progress, but then start doing work around self-disruption, new business models that will improve our productivity and improve the quality of the outcomes that we provide to patients. Yeah, that's great advice. And I think, you know, we're seeing some activity in the market already around that, you know, the emergence of virtual first health plans from some of the largest incumbents or yes. virtual medical groups. So definitely starting to see these new newer, you know, sort of tech enabled models that wouldn't be possible if we didn't have some of that infrastructure in place um, kind of taking hold in the market. So uh, that's great advice. Um, Aaron, thank you so much for joining and for sharing your insights today. And thank you uh, to all of you for listening. Um, and to learn more about Providence and our initiatives, programs, services, ways to give if you're looking for medical care, um, please visit uh, www.providence.org and make sure to follow us on social media at Providence Health System for LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram and under Providence on Twitter. Thank you all and take care. Mm -hmm.